Welcome to What You're on this episode, we are going to talk all about Rodeo Drive, the Ooh. history and the currency. And I'm going to do my vocabulary. Ooh, and? It is the trench coat. Now I know everything about the trench coat. What could you, you possibly tell me? You'll see. It's more than you think. And we're also going to talk about my new favorite, find. What's that? Ted Lasso. What's that all about? I mean, what? <laughs> Can I just start by saying, who are you? I'm not sure if I recognize you either. It's been <laughs> it has forever. Been, it has been uh, It's been hot. a hot minute. It has, like a hot Speaking of hot minute. Right? I mean, and it's hot in this room. So if at any point you hear this thug sound, right, or this thumping. Somebody has fallen out. One of us has, like, passed out and fallen over. We're recording in my home studio. We've got the AC off so that there's no sound issues. And we're, we're, we're shit-sing. We're shit-sing. But if uh, Mark Allen should... Fall out, I can always serenade you all. Oh, now they're gonna want me to fall out. <laughs> Strike is, up the band. Which is never good. Which is never good when people want you to pass out. No. I'm just saying. All right, so I've been down in Orange County working okay. on the interior design project. We nice. finished. It was brilliantly fun. Oh, nice. Uh, you enjoyed a, it. New powder room, a new kitchenette, murals, paint, I mean, gardening, landscaping. It was Full on, an amazing, amazing, fun project. Did you use your same um, mural artist? Yeah, the guy? same okay. Sorelli Fine Arts. My same girls, yeah. the Italians. Oh, uh, they're oh more than one. Yeah, there's a, they're a pair of sisters. Oh, nice. And they work together, and they're great because they work like three or four days. And they'll be together, and they're just like amazing. And then there's always like some two hour time period in there where they uh -huh. want to kill each other because there's sisters, course. and that's what you do. And I was just like, they're just magic. So now, how do you, how do you get how do you get to the final image that you want on oh said wall? That's or... actually a great question. Yeah. We started the process probably in March about mm -hmm. what this main big media wall was going to be. Mm -hmm. And everything we kept like throwing at the wall just wasn't sticking. It wasn't the right thing. The client wasn't into it. I wasn't into it. Then they weren't into it. And then the client... And we kept going round and round in circles. And it wasn't until we got into the job and the client said, what if we did... This Im an image of the pier uh -huh. that's down in San Clemente, uh -huh. right? And he sends us these images, and then they took them and they did an abstract viewing of it. So it's a very meticulous oh, painting, but nice. they took these bright colored sunset images that he sent, that my client sent, and they made it into gray and brown. Oh, and it was perfect. beautiful, beautiful artwork here. Oh, saying. perfect. So perfect. it just. It's a collaboration, and right. I think the trick is that the artists, as well as myself and my clients, none of us get together and are right. Like this is what we want. And this is we really just talk about it and right. kind of get to what the more organic. Yeah, yeah, it's at the very end of it. We're like, oh, this is the perfect thing, but it uh -huh. takes the process right. of this or this or this to actually get to that point. Yeah. So it's it's super rewarding. It's it's very. Very different than fashion and very similar. In very fashion, similar. It's about getting a when you finally get to a look. Yeah, I don't and like I could this, see this people, fit, you know, see people creating a gown mm -hmm. in the same way where mm -hmm. there's a lot of collaboration with the client and what do you want and how do you want to feel and how mm -hmm. do you want to function and what mm -hmm. color and and then you just get to the. The final product. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've been down there at the beach house, and you've been up on Brighton Way and Rodeo. Brighton Way, between Brighton Way and Orange County. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Brighton Way. Brighton Way is like this fabulous little street in Beverly Hills. It's cross streets with um, Rodeo. Mm -hmm. And where you are is about a half block away from Chanel. So Chanel right. is a corner of Rodeo and this little street called Brighton. Brighton. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how's it going? What are you noticing? Are there lots of tourists out? You know what? The, there are tourists out there shopping. Um, they're really reacting to, like we've talked in past episodes about linen. A lot of people, I keep hearing, oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. Oh my God, I never thought I liked linen. So it's, it seems to be like the moment, I guess, for linen. And you're wearing olive linen as we're recording. Yes. So I can tell that you've you've drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah, and I also day. learned that uh, I didn't know that the fabric linen was a natural coolant. Oh, so you actually get cooler wearing it. Yeah. Okay, it breathes. Away. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And how are the people? You were talking to me earlier about um, some fashion situations that are getting on your last nerve. Well, 
you know, as you as both of us have been in on Rodeo Drive and in Beverly Hills for quite a long time now, I've seen a huge change in the way people dress when they're mm-hmm. in outside. A cer- in well, public. usually, usually, I mean, the school that I'm from, the zip code you're in dictates you, how you look. You know, it's like know your audience. So there was a time when you thought of Rodeo Drive, Beverly Hills, high end, you know, uh, you know, luxury brands. You'd be like, okay, I have to bring my A game. I have to look great. Yeah, yeah never know who I might run into. Exactly. And you like jeans were like risky, but if they were really great fit and they had a really high heel with them and a great bag, okay, you could do something. Right. Yeah. But now I'm seeing bra tops and biker shorts oh! and fur flip flops, no. but not like here and there. Everyone? 70% of what I no. see. No. What's yeah. happening? These, are these locals or these touristy people, you think? Mo- you know what? Most of them are, seem to be tourists. And okay. that seems to be like... Everyone says it's because... And I hate to say this name because I don't like to promote them. But a lot of people are saying it's because of the Kardashians. <laughs> but I don't know if they wear those... Th- they, they do. do. They, they do. Right. Listen, they, they do, they the do wear those things, but I don't think they wear those things when they're going, like, shopping and they're going to be seen in public. Like, there's... A, I don't know. I just think that's a... T- there's a time and a place for that, but when I see... When I tell you everybody... I don't I mean, see just, any... It's all leggings. There's leggings and bike shorts, and it's just, like, people have gotten... And I really think it comes back to people not having actual... Um, like loving themselves enough to really take the time to put something cute on. It doesn't. It's just not. But that they're hard. exposing so much of their body by yeah, doing Yeah, and it's the wrong people. And in it's the wrong shorts. body. Okay, the wrong. There's a lot of body in this wrong little. Oh my gosh! I was somewhere, say down in Orange County, and there was just all these women that were not twenty. Okay, <laughs> and they were like wearing three quarter, like by legginess kind of things, and I just. And I mean, I get it. Like, let's not fat shame and let's not no, let's but, have people accept who they are. Right. Great. But, but everybody can't wear everything. Yes. Let's also not be cray-cray. Right. Let's just not be crazy. Right. It's not okay. Right. Now, the opposite of that, William, yes. is there's actually two. I've been, you know, binging some TV, as you mm-hmm. do, when you're stuck at a beach house. Right. And one of the shows... Slumming it in the slummy, beach. Slummy, in the beach house. It. I mean, it was far from the slum. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, the first show uh, was... There's actually two shows. Is Hacks. Have you seen Hacks yet? Hacks? No. Oh, my gosh. It's that amazing woman from Designing Women, Jean... Oh, uh, Jean Smart. Yes. <gasps> I'm she obsessed pl- with her. Oh, you should see the show. I'm she plays... This um, comedian in Las Vegas. Okay. And her house is amazing in the show. And she has fantastic, like, you know, woman in her 60s wardrobe. Uh-huh. And she's, like, bringing it. Right. And her car is a Rolls Royce, like a two-door Rolls Royce. Wow. And then she's driving around. I mean, like, these people are like, because those cars are three fifty, four dollars $400,000. So when you have a, a show that has the budget to throw a car like that into there, yeah. I mean, that's... That's expensive. And what what's the time at? What's the era? Of current. The show? It's current. current. Okay. Okay. And it's just the fashion is just really great, and it, she's just and she's just wears all these evening things. I think it's if you're a woman mm-hmm. over fifty, real mm-hmm. to say, or mm-hmm. even over sixty, and mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out how to be cute and fashion and have some sense, watch this show with the sound off while you're cooking, right? And just get some ideas. Yeah. Because she does tunics in a new way. She does great evening. She's still sexy. But that's my thing. But that's my thing that I don't see people seem to get about aging. You can still wear things that you wore in your 20s. You just can't wear them the same way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, and people just have to let... But people want to hold on to, I'm wearing a crop top to... I'm like, no. No, you're not. You can't do skirts over your... You know, exposing your knees I was driving through West Hollywood where all the gays are. Right. Okay? On Sunday. Mm Mm-hmm. And there were three men, and mm-hmm. I want to say they were, I'm being so nice, they were 45. <laughs> I'm the nicest person. They were 45. That means 60. No, I'm just And kidding. they were all in half shirts. I, no. I'm like, what it, you know what? You know what? Tops? Even at that age, you have that body, and you are ripped. Yeah. You know you shouldn't Even if your that. steroids are perfectly set right. out. And all of your And all, all of your, your plastic surgery and, and all your treatments are lined up perfectly. No. It's just still, it's Mm-mm. like, what are you doing? Absolutely not. Anyway, the other show I just have to talk about real quick is yes. Ted Lasso. 
Total asshole. And it's this uh, show on Apple TV, uh-huh. and it's starring this guy, I forgot his name, he's amazing, <laughs> comedian, uh, Segaris, whatever, Segaris, the guy from Segaris. Saturday Night Live. Oh, uh, um, I, okay. I, 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 what's his name? Uh, Jason Sedaris. Sedakis. Sedakis. Tagalaganites. Whatever his name was. Anyway, Jason is playing this American, exactly, please, American football player. Oh, and okay. he um, moves to England to coach a soccer team. So it's a oh. super cute premise. Oh. And the owner of the soccer team is this hottie 40-something woman, right, who also has a Rolls Royce, interestingly enough. Oh. And her wardrobe is so spot on. Really? I mean, Gucci handbags. And I don't mean like crossbody. I mean like structured, fabulous Gucci handbags. Amazing suits, short skirts, great body, perfect hair, great jewelry. Wow. Because she's like the epitome of this really wealthy power woman whose husband left her and she's not going to prove everybody wrong. I mean, I'm just telling wow. you. And Jason Sadakis's, mm-hmm. we're just going to keep making up. Sadakis. Sadakis. Yeah. That's it. Sadakis. Yeah. Jason's character is like the nicest, like most gentle man in the show. And it's just, you want him to win. And it's oh, nice. the sweetest, sweetest show. I binged it last weekend. I was super into it. Super oh, nice. Into it. Strong, strong recommendation. Um, and speaking of recommendations, yeah, I think it's time that you tell me about what the fab Larry. Get ready. Today's vocabulary is the trench coat. Oh, la trench coat. Now, let me tell you, I learned things. I always thought I knew what a trench coat was and well, what it was about. Well, I know you, think you and... know everything. No, so. no, no, but you're going to be surprised. All right. Well, guess who invented it? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. You're going to make me actually guess. I imagine yeah. someone in World War One that were in the trenches. You're, you know what? You're pretty close. Am I really? You're very close. No. It was invented by Thomas Burberry. Oh, from Burberry. Burberry. Yeah. But I always thought Burberry's did a trench coat, but I didn't know they were the inventor of oh, the they... coat. He invented the coat. Uh, no, that does make sense because they were, I mean, they are, that's their money. Right, but I, I just, I don't know. I just thought, like, to oh. me, I thought, I thought trench coats to Burberry was like, you know how everyone, ha- you know, a bunch of designers had pea coats, you know, right, or, right, right. or puffer coats. Like, I thought it was just a style that... Now, uh, when did he do this? This was during World War One. It what? Oh, my gosh. Ladies you. and gentlemen, Mark <laughs> Allen Got is not right. a, I mean, hello. <laughs> what, 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 what? Podcast over, mic the, drop, see you bye. Drop, <laughs> feedback. Yeah, so, I mean, and you know what? Now, now you're, to your point before, trench coat, because they were in the trenches. I never made that connection, ever. So what? Never. Okay, so tell me more. Yes, okay. So it was originally meant, it was strictly meant for the military. The okay. French and the uh, English. It right. was. It was just, it was like a uniform just for the military. Um, so Mr. Burberry pat- patented his own waterproof fabric, which was gabardine, yeah. which allowed the soldiers flexibility, durabil- durability, and resistant from wind. I mean, do you know how many pe- guys that we know would join the military for a Burberry trench? I'm just... Well, I'm another just thing is, growing up, Burberry trench coats were like... It wasn't, it wasn't a fashion thing. It was like... Uh, how do I say this? It was like, if you wanted khaki pants, you go to Banana Republic or The Gap. Right, right, and right, right, it was right. just a piece you knew they had, and it was like a generic thing. And as a kid, I remember you would go into like Macy's or a big department store, and there were just racks of Burberry trench coats. It wasn't like a coveted luxury piece. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that has evolved in the last 20 years as being a coveted brand. Yeah, I think Burberry's going to be a really great brand for you to do one of these days. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. For sure with you. And I also could see that the trenches and having a coat that comes down to the knee really would protect you um, from the elements when you're standing in a trench. Right. And there's a lot of... There's a lot of the design details that we now see on trench coats were that were for function for... Soldiers. Oh, I bet. Oh my gosh. So, no. like the epaulets that you see on trench coats are were originally for to show off the status and the ranking of said right, soldier or captain or what yeah. have you. Awesome. Um, so it became fashion between 1900 and 19. 
Wow. That was the era that it kind of came out of the military, and then you started seeing them in in uh, movies. Well, you know what happened, William, right? Some cool kid came back from the war, and he was super handsome, and he just all he didn't have a lot of money, so he just wore his trench from the war with a t-shirt and some jeans, and, and a probably tie, and showed up somewhere. People were like, oh, or he's so probably cool. knew women would be like, oh, he's in the military, right? And so I he's, bet. Yes. You know how guys will wear like their uniform to get that, oh, he's a yes. cop, or oh, yeah. he's a soldier, or, yeah. you know. You know Absolutely. He's... So they were probably wearing it on the streets for, you know, to be acknowledged and have the recognition. I can totally see that. Yeah. So then it, be also, it became part of like everyday wear. And then Hollywood jumped on board, and then you had movies like Breakfast at Tiffany's, Casablanca, Doctor Who, The Matrix, The Godfather. Oh, The Matrix had Trent. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, referencing uh, The Matrix, that's where, like, The Matrix was like the goth world that put their twist on the trench coat. Right. And there were also, if you, I, it's so funny you said The Matrix because I just watched that movie for the first time two weeks ago. Wow. Yeah, I've never seen it before. And it is like a military kind of a thing. Yeah. It's like a going to war. So it's yeah. interesting that that trench coat is fashion now, but it really, when someone puts it on, there's a certain stature and a certain yeah. military um, reflection you see from it. Yeah, like, it, like you, know, to, you know, a nod to the goth world yeah. in Matrix, they just extended it because it was almost to the floor. Yeah. You know, which oh wouldn't have worked if you were at war. You That's know. amazing. But yeah, so it, a lot of the details, like the, there's a flap that's on the front that's kind of under, yes, um, under the, the collar. Yeah. That's a gun flap. Really? For guns. And like the little D rings that you see that normally will hang from the bottom of the belt. Yeah. That was to hang like grenades. So I didn't know all these. I thought, like I said, I thought this was a design detail for the trench coat. I didn't know these were functional parts of the coat. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And then, like, the there's a hidden vent that's normally in the back of a trench coat that has the buttons. Yeah. yeah. That was, to, it's called a wedge back. That was to stop the wind from going up their coats. Well, I mean, what so would this, the world do without this podcast? I mean, we are, I don't, <laughs> we, we are educating humanity. But quite honestly, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I so, love that. Yay, so that's William! That's the trench coat. Very, very good. You All right, well, know. you know, from the trenches yes. to the red carpets. Oh, the trenches. It is time. That's a book, The Velvet Trenches. The Velvet, is it? No, we've got to make that. I mean, we have so much work to do, William. <laughs> Okay, from the trenches <laughs> to the red carpets. Next, we have our hopes looks. All right, so I want to go first. Can I go, go, first? go, All go. Right. So, you know, I do not like midriff, right? You know me. I don't like the tube top. I don't like any of that stuff where we see their belly buttons and all that. However. Even if they have the body? Even if they have the body. And they're lazy. of a particular age. Appropriate age. I think, I, I think it's lazy. Okay. I just think it's lazy. Anyway. Okay. okay. I will I'll tell you that. that Rosamund Pike. Pike. Do I know who that is? I don't even know who that is. Who cares? She's an actress. Okay. I mean, anyone can be an actress with the right publicity. We're talking about the clothes, not the person anyway. Exactly. So, so Rosamund Pike. We can just make up different names like Rosamunda Pike mm. or whatever. <laughs> but Rosamund Pike is wearing, for the Cannes Film Festival, which yes. has happened, right? Yes. Is wearing, are you ready? Give it to me. Dior Couture. And mm. the entire top of the, so the front of it, it's all red tulle. Mm-hmm. Right? And the front of it is the shape of a heart. And okay. red tulle. So you get a little, I mean, I'm not a fan of, but you get a little under booby. Like, you get a little bit under the booby, like the bottom part of the breast, you can see a little bit of that. Wait, so there's, wait, there's midriff? There's midriff. You just said you don't usually like? I know, I okay. don't usually like that. Okay. But on this particular one, the color of the red that Dior used was so happy and okay. brilliant. And it had the gorgeous shoulder straps and then a completely open back. Huh. And the tool went all the way down to the ankle. And it was this happy, um, pristine, gorgeous, fluffy dress that any girl would be lucky to wear. Oh, really? It was so happy and beautiful. And she did this really 
um, boring, straight uh, hair with a part down the middle. So I guess like, you didn't like the hair. Well, like, I was like, like Jennifer Aniston and Friends, like in the middle, where she's like, my Yawn. hair's great, right? Right? So I was just like, oh, okay, I guess she didn't have time for the hair. But the dress was insane. And then you know what kind of shoe they did? They did a pointy-toed nude pump. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, it's, for sure, it's Dior Haute Couture. So but for sure, Dior themselves gave the shoes and did the whole look. Mm-hmm. So that was their intention. I just thought it was very interesting to just get a neutral and take nothing. Away. I don't know. There was something about it that when I looked at it, it really was like can is back. Oh, red yeah. carpet. They really red brought dress. It, it was oh, yeah. like... I was really ready to see what we saw, and I, I was You didn't super, get dis- disappointed. I was not disappointed. I thought it was super, super pretty. Because technically, I think that's the first... You know what? Yeah, that's the first, like, real Hollywood red carpet moment where everyone was there in person, and it wasn't as, you Yeah, know. but, you know, I was going through the Getty images, and mm-hmm. there were all these French actresses, and mm-hmm. I'm like... What happened to Catherine Deneuve? I mean, Catherine Deneuve had like oh, the I'm most sure amazing. Well, I'm just saying, she had the most amazing style. Yeah. All these other French actresses. I, no, I was no, like, no, no. But you know, who I love is uh, Cotier. Uh, whatever. I Cotier was not. In the, I mean, I'm no, talking no, about. She, what is her name? I'm talking about tube tops. I'm talking about like tube tops. Like, it, the one lady looked like I would look like in a tube top. Like, okay, let's. I mean, come on. You can't even. It, it was not. It was not a hard stomach. Really? It was like a. It was like a wiggly kind of jello kind of situation. I'm. I honestly, I'm still trying to figure out the purpose because Cannes Film Festival was for actors to promote their movies. Right. And there's a lot of models there, and I'm. And I love the vis- just, I love the visual a- of it, but as a model, why why are you there? It's just press. It's just okay. press. I mean, there's athletes there now. It's all just press. And I think at this point, I think they're still having a hard time to get big A-list Americans to fly over there. Oh. So I think that they're just they're open the red carpet. We should say a little to people that would not necessarily. Oh. I mean, because normally they have all like you know Cameron Diaz and all these you know mm-hmm. what's her name the. Angelina Jolie, like all the big stars. Sharon Stone showed up. I saw her. She looks pretty good. She looked good. I mean, she's had so much face work that I'm always like, is she the same? I don't even recognize her. You know what? I just worked with her. I just worked with her a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I don't think I don't think she's done anything. She and if she does, no. I mean, if she William, had, William, you need glasses. No, she, no, I don't. I don't think she's done much. Really? I, I don't really. Ow. I actually was kind of surprised. I was like, "Well, good for you. You look great, and you're deciding to not go down that road." Remember when she went to the Oscars and her in the white shirt, and then she spilt something on her shirt, and so they stopped at the Gap, and she bought a fitted white T-shirt and put it on her. Did you ever remember that story? I remember her wearing the Gap T-shirt, yeah. but I didn't know. Yeah, the, pre- the story was the story she before. was in full Vera Wang, and she spilled something on the top. So they just her and her assistant ran into a Gap. She bought a white T-shirt, really fitted, like an extra small, and it was a, like a ball skirt or something. And it was right? a ball skirt, beautiful. And, and everybody did it the next. And season. everyone loved her. And then mm-hmm. Isaac Rahi did that, and then now he's bankrupt and doesn't own his name. And he Ouch. sells jewelry on HSN. Anyway, we're moving on. That's my hot look. What's yours? Ah, my hot look is uh, Tilda Swinton. Okay, who's like so manly. Who, to me, as far as the Hollywood set, aside from being a brilliant actress, she is truly a style icon. She is. She truly is a style icon. Very brave. That's I mean, And that's she, why. Yeah. And what that's she why. does, she's like, I love it and just wears it. She wears it with no care. apologies. So she was in Hyder Ackerman, the oh, Colombian yeah. designer. They, are they Colombian, Hyder Ackerman? He's, he, was, he was adopted by Fran, a French couple. Okay. He grew up in France, but he's Colombian. Oh, wow. Okay. So she was wearing that, and she was basically, it's hard to see what was under the underpinning, but it's basically, the best way to describe it is, it's like a silver, I'm sorry, not a silver, it's kind of a salmon pink, uh-huh. kind of halter top, Ooh. high-waisted, but the bottom part of the piece was almost a, a citrus orange. Oh, so salmon and orange together. Salmon and orange, and then over that is the same salmon Crop bolero jacket. Nice. Okay. Wait for it. I mean, she sounds like that ice cream, that um, sherbet. Yeah. Mm. Then the sleeves, because the the bolero short sleeves, yeah. so exposed are the sleeves are kind of a celery sequence. Oh, she. Oh. Yeah. She's doing all the pastels. Just all of it together, and it's wow. beautiful. And then her date for the evening was Timothy 
Chalamet, and he was in Tom Ford. Oh, Tom Ford. And it basically was, the the best way to describe the suit, it was a moray silk What's moray silk? Moray silk. Like moray the, 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 um, It's a fabric, and we could do this on another episode. It's a fabric, basically, the base, best way to describe it is, like, if it was a very docile pond, and you were to drop, like, a pebble in it, that ripple effect. Yeah. So it's that kind of ripple, ripple effect. Sorry about it's that. It's a ripple? It's a ripple. It's a ripple. It's a ripple. It's a ripple and a ripple. <laughs> and the design, the design of it was kind of like a zebra print, and then it was a peak lapel. And they look beautiful together. Wow. And I love him because he wears couture, but he he holds it kind of like t-shirt and sweatpants. He's yeah, not... he's also like 20 and a movie star and like has a 29-inch waist. And... Right, but the way he wears the clothes, yeah. he's wearing them. Yeah, he's, he's got, not his, own, uncom- he's he's got his own like yeah. swag about him, and I, I, I applaud him for that. So those really are do, mine. I really do wonder what has some actors be able to really get their own swag and own it. You know, and really, like Paul Rudd, I love him, right? Adorable mm-hmm. actor. But he never really has felt like he's got his own thing, this confidence and this swagger. He's like no. cute and sweet, right? So it's just interesting to me how some guys, I think it's just like some guys go into the business already having loved fashion and style, and some guys do but the I also fashion think that's style as new. part of their as part of their requirement for the job. Yeah, but I also think that's kind of more a newer Hollywood, where I think old Hollywood was kind of, Afraid to do, especially men, were afraid to do anything outside of a dark suit, you know. Whereas I feel like young Hollywood will wear like a pink turtleneck and pink pants and like a green belt. Like I don't think they care as much as the older Hollywood. I I would one hundred percent agree with you there. Yeah, yeah, awesome. That's how I. Well, that's the Cannes Film Festival in the William and Mark Allen abbreviation. That's right, and there were honestly so many more looks. I know he kept saying, "Can I do more?" I go, "No, two. That's all you get. Two. So many, but okay." Because we have to talk about our brand, brand view. So this isn't really the normal brand view that we would do. Normally we talk about a fashion brand and really give the history of it. But mm-hmm. for some reason I was a little compelled with the resurgence of Rodeo Drive and tourism and people kind of back out on the streets. Yeah. To talk a little bit about our dear friend Rodeo Drive. Rodeo Drive. And, you know, I've been shopping at Rodeo Drive since 1995. Oh, Okay. And I was going to UC Riverside. Mm-hmm. I was pre-med, mm-hmm. right? So that still shocks me. Yeah, thank you. And I would take the use Paging Dr. What? <laughs> Paging Dr. Harmon. Hey! You know why you're sick, girl? That dress. If you just got a different dress, I don't have to tell you. I'm sick and tired of you coming in the same outfit. How about that, honey? You wore those shoes last time you were here. Anyway, don't get me started. So I would take UC Riverside Library had a shuttle bus. And you could take it to UCLA. Okay. To the UCLA Library. Okay. So I'd go for free from Riverside to UCLA. And then I would get on the UCLA shuttle bus uh-huh. to the Wilshire bus stop and the city bus to Beverly Hills. Oh my God. Did and you I would, need a passport? I needed a passport. And I would, get, <laughs> I would get off the bus at the Ide Magnum bus stop. Uh-huh. And then I would just, I mean, walk over and I met all these people and I would just talk and I learned wow. so much. And that's just how I learned the street. I would just walk in and talk to people and what, and that's really how I created everything. Wow. And I can just tell you that from then to now, the store, the street is very different. Oh, yeah. Just in my own point oh, yeah. of view about it. Yeah. Um, but I just, it's it's like a character in a lot of movies, that street. You know, Pretty oh, yeah. Woman is famous. Oh, to yeah. me, it's the most famous street for that. Oh, yeah. And that's uh, all you hear tour guides talking about. Right. This is where they film Big Maybe. mistake. Right. Big. Huge. Right. Your commission, huge. I'm like, okay, girl, girl. <laughs> So, in 1906, Burton Green and other investors purchased the property that would become Beverly Hills. Now, before it was called Beverly Hills, it was called Rancho Rodeo de las Aguas. Are you serious? Uh Uh-huh. It's called Rancho Rodeo de las Aguas. Wow. Okay. And (laughs) they had plans for mixed-use subdivisions... And they were going to have a branch of the Los Angeles and Pacific Railway mm-hmm. running north on Rodeo Drive. Really? Yep. Before turning west at Sunset Boulevard. So there was a train. So uh-huh. Rodeo Drive goes from all the shopping through the houses to the Beverly Hills Hotel. Right. And there was a train. There was all on a train. And the, the train went left at Sunset. 
Um, Yep, they platted the street that very year, 1906. And by 1907, um, they were selling parcels on Rodeo for $1,100 each. Now, the in 1907, so I did a little calculation. It's right. about three hundred thousand dollars in today's money, is what they were paying for a parcel of land on Rodeo Drive. <laughs> we can't do that anymore. I mean, I think that's the monthly <laughs> rent. Um, it became a bridal path in 1912 when the Beverly Hills Hotel was built okay. on a former lima bean field. Oh wow! Okay. Right now, by November 1925, similar lots were selling for fifteen to thirty thousand dollars. So there's already it like went really quick once mm-hmm. it got started. People now remember, we it. don't go to the Beverly Hills Hotel because it's still very anti-gay, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait for them to be over that so we can all go and partake. But yeah. please spend your money as Elsa. if your money is a vote because every dollar you spend tells the world what you support. Well said. Uh, the central right. part of Rodeo Drive became a business district and in 1958 so there's a lot of like little sm- mom and pop shops. So Rodeo Drive was like hardware store, flower shop. like Really? Yeah, it was like Beverly Hills like down Main Street Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, you know the beauty stores, gas stations, all that. And then in 1958, real estate developer Martin Cratter bought 48,000 square feet of land at the corner of Rodeo and Wilshire. Okay. Okay. And it's across from the Beverly Hills, the Beverly Wilshire Hotel. Mm-hmm. And he paid about $2 million bucks for that. And that's what became to Rodeo. Wow, which is where, like, Versace is now, Versace and Tiffany and all of that stuff there. Okay. Um, The men's store Carol and Company opened in 1950 on Rodeo Drive. Wow. And now they're not even on Rodeo now. They're on Canon, I think. I don't know if I know that brand. Yeah, it's an old gentleman's company. I mean, the thing that they're great about is if you need to buy white ties, you Mm. need to buy a tuxedo with tails, they Mm. actually sell that. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is hard to find. In 1961, Fred Heyman... Who's become that known as know. Yes. the father of Rodeo Drive? I remember that. Opened Giorgio Beverly Hills. Wow! Can I just tell you, that was a destination place when I was in high school. Yeah, like it was, and that was I. That was I remember everyone would wear the sweatshirts. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was like a thing. It was Beverly Hills two seven three because he had a big fragrance and a lot. Uh-huh. It was a whole thing. He had a yellow Rolls Royce before Bijan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the street's first high end boutique. In 1968, Aldo Gucci opened on Rodeo. Wow. So Gucci was one of the very first uh, luxury European retailers to open on Rodeo Drive. Wow. Same space that they're in now. Wow. Um, then it catalyzed the process and the street took the present. So Van Cleef and Arpels was 1969. Uh, and then Vidal Sassoon Salon opened in 1970. Wow. And the Polo Store which became Ralph Lauren's very first freestanding store, opened in 1971. Wait, Rodeo Drive was his first store? His first freestanding store. Wow. So that means that that was before Madison then? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep, first freestanding store, Rodeo Drive. Um, The transformation of Rodeo Drive into an international center of fashionable shopping was sparked in 1971 with the opening of the new wing of the Beverly Wilshire. So that's when they really started getting serious about getting a bunch of visitors there um, and bringing a lot more money in there. I gotta say, Rodeo Drive is younger than I thought. It's young. It's young. Because you're saying the 70s it started. Really In my head, it was older than that. Well, like, well, 68 was Gucci, right? And 61. I'd say the early, I'd say the 60s, it was a little bit there, but it was also mostly independent shops. Right. You want to also think that brands like Gucci and all that, there wasn't FedEx and UPS and shipping wasn't the same as it was. So to open up a store on Rodeo Drive Mm -hmm. is... It requires something totally different than it would today. Right. You know? Yeah. I just, and I also just want to stop us right here and just say, William. Yes, tell me. It is so hot in here. It is. I am sweating. I am so happy we don't do this on a video on YouTube because (laughs) everybody would see a lot of shine. Can I just say there's a lot of shine? This studio is hot. It is hot. It's lit, as the kids say. Hot looks. (laughs) Hot looks. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway so that's talking about like the the growth and the development of everything then wow. 1977 there's something called the rodeo drive committee was created okay. which is like i know people on that committee. Yeah. we yeah. both do yeah and they p- launched a publicity campaign designed to make everyone around the world think of rodeo drive as the shopping street of the rich and famous can i tell you how i learned of rodeo ever yeah 
Do you remember a show called Lifestyles of, of the, the Rich, Rich and, and Famous with Robin Leach? Robin Leach. Hello, this is Robin Leach. Hello, this is Robin Leach. That's how I learned what Rodeo Drive was. And what it was Honestly. and how much. I mean, yeah. I really... It's amazing that he's not in doing that anymore. I think he died. Um, in 1976, <laughs> may he rest in peace. In 1976, this man named Bijan Pakzad oh, opened a showroom on Rodeo. Who I have had the honor to work with. And God rest his soul. Yep. Yes, he's passed. And, and it helped to solidify Rodeo Drive's reputation as a luxury shopping destination. Wow. Pakzad touted his Rodeo Drive store as the most expensive in the world. But, it is. as women's wear daily notes in relation to the claim, mm. he was known for hyperbole. Wah, wah. I'm like, well, I wish they could at least said who they thought might have rivaled him. I mean, I don't get me started. <laughs> anyway, um, then one of the streets was done, uh, one, um, 332 North Rodeo, which I think has been knocked down, was actually designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. <gasps> so, yeah, they just developed that place. You know what it might actually is? The police? No. No, you know next to Montclair? Yeah. That weird looking building that's got the three stores? That's Frank Lloyd Wright. It's right across the street from Gucci. Okay. You're, you're going to think about it. No, no, It's yeah. right there in the middle. Anyway, so Frank Lloyd Wright has a space there as well. Wow. And 25% of the city's sales tax revenue in 1980 was from Rodeo Drive. Wow. Just to give you a little statistics in there. Um, the Rodeo Collection, which mm -hmm. is the worst use of retail space in the history of mankind. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Was that out loud? No. Sorry. It's, it, I never really understood that space. I don't understand it's that space. It's kind of like hidden behind. I it's, don't get it. It's like it's a shopping mall opened in 1983. And um, it's the retail space initially leased for as much as $120 a square foot. Which, according to the executive of commercial real estate, is the highest price for any kind of space in the Los Angeles area. So at the time, the idea was this new, flashy, very 80s shopping center. But it's very hidden. Like, it's, it's hidden, it's and it's hidden, got like a weird like a bakery basement. and salons. It's... I got I got a, something burned off my face there once with a dermatologist. <laughs> <laughs> Wear sunscreen. Sorry, sir. In the early 1990s, Rodeo Drive was ranked the fourth most visited destination in the Los Angeles area. After Disneyland, Knott's Berry Farm. After? Mm-hmm. And wow. then Universal Studios. After all of that? Yeah. Wow. It's the fourth. So it goes it, Disney, Knott's, and then Universal Studios. I'm like, Universal Studios has got... I'm like, please. <laughs> um, don't get me started there. And then Two Rodeo Drive opened in 1990. Okay? And that's that one that looks like Two. the old European shopping oh, the street. Hill. Yep, the hill and the whole thing. Okay. Um, it was a it was hard hit in 1990s in the in the recession. So there's been a lot of turnover, mm -hmm. right? And it was bought for $275 million, and there's a whole thing going on. Um, around having, I guess you could say that big money has come to Rodeo mm -hmm. and big fashion has come to Rodeo. And mm -hmm. fashion houses have started buying their land. Gotcha. And this, the landscape of the street has changed dramatically. Yeah. So, for example, in 2003, Rodeo Drive was given an $18 million makeover, which sounds like nothing when you think about the numbers that are actually happening there. Right. Um, there is a 2000, in, uh, in 2000, and I want to say it was actually in 2003, is when they also started doing the Walk of Style. I remember that. And they did, I remember going to the George Armani event. Yeah, I went to that. That's where I met um, Lauren Bacall. Oh, uh, that's where I met George Armani. Oh, yeah, well, I worked with him. I so. asked him to marry me. He said no. At the intersection <laughs> of Rodeo Drive and Dayton Way is the majestic new sculpture entitled Torso. And it's that was silver. designed, yeah, mm -hmm. by Robert Graham, and that's really the icon for the Walk of Fame. Gotcha. I'm sorry, the Walk of Style, not the Walk of Fame. That's Rodeo. That's Hollywood. Right. And it's a whole different thing. That's a whole different. Show. And for some reason, Wikipedia is like, oh, and Land Van opened in 2011. So. I mean, what? what? That's random. Land Van put that in there themselves. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> and you know what that used to be, Land Van? That used Valentino. to be Valentino. Yeah. And I remember Valentino the intro. I love Valentino the runway. It was a runway. Yeah. You'd open the, the front door. Of, yes. You'd open the front door of the store, and there was this slightly graded ramp where you'd walk in and you walk down, and the left was women's and the right was mm -hmm. men's. Yeah. And it was like a runway. So it was. You walked in, it was everything. Right. And once you kind of found yourself, you just like worked that runway. I mean, I oh, saw yeah. so many people in that store. It oh was, yeah. Uh, amazing. That's oh, yeah. good old Valentino. Wow. So there was a lot of purchasing 
happening and a lot of land happening. So it's interesting. So 2013, mm-hmm. the corner where Louis Vuitton currently is, yeah. is where Fred Heyman was. Oh, see, I thought Fred Heyman was up where Goyard was. Nope. Fred Heyman was on that corner where Louis Vuitton currently is. And Louis Vuitton, so LVMH bought the building in 2013 for $85 million. Wow. They paid $11,971 a square foot. Shut up. You shut up. Then, in 2015... Now, by the way, at the time... I don't know if I remember where Louis Vuitton was. Where was it before Louis Vuitton where was, was where Dior is now. And Louis Vuitton was also just a sliver. It was all just the brown and white, the brown canvas. You're right. The classic LV. They had just started Daumier, and they had just started doing some of the epi leather stuff. You're but right. very little. And they bought this big new space. Everyone's like, what are they going to do with this space? Like, oh, we're doing clothes and we're doing this whole... And they brought Marc Jacobs. It was a whole moment. Yeah. But I remember going into parties at that Louis Vuitton shop. Yeah. And it was like, there's 40 people there. I mean, it was like... And it was owned by the Beverly Hills Luggage Company was the original. So Beverly Hills Luggage Company used to have a Louis Vuitton shop in it. Uh And a guy named Ron something something, who was Uh a friend of mine at the time... Ron's family owned Beverly Hills Luggage. And so then they're huh. the ones that sold all the Louis Vuitton. So then Louis had to buy them out so they could actually have their own freestanding store. And then they paid $83, no, $85 million for that corner space. Not Fred Heyman Flat, which pissed me off because it was like such an iconic space. And yeah. now you've got that big Louis Vuitton mega store. Mm-hmm. During the time, so 2015 comes along, and during that time, rent was about $900 a square foot, which is some of the most expensive oh retail God. real estate in the world. Yeah. So that means like a thousand square foot store, mm-hmm. right, would be $90,000 a month. Wow. Better get on those sales. Yeah, get on those sales. <laughs> and then, now it's interesting because they compare that to Upper Fifth Avenue. So Fifth Avenue around Bergdorf's mm-hmm. and all of that. That real estate is a thousand to thirty five hundred a square foot. Uh, the Bergdorf's. Yeah, and uh, the, that part of Fifth Avenue. Right. So Rodeo is still second to Fifth Avenue in terms of the price of well, real yeah. estate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you and I are both like, yes, and Fifth yeah. Avenue is Fifth you Avenue, girl. Yeah, you can't it? touch Bergdorf. No. 2015, Chanel bought their space at the corner of Wilsh- of Rodeo and Brighton. Brighton, yeah. That they've now knocked flat to build that mega store. Mm-hmm. By the way, when they're done building, it's going to be the largest Chanel in the world. It'll be bigger than all the stores in Paris. Wow. It's supposed to have a swimming pool on the roof. Oh. Uh, yeah. What? Yeah, a Chanel pool. Hey! Um, and they bought that building in 2015 for a record-breaking $152 million. $13,217 a square foot. Now, wow. if you look at what their rents are that they were paying for that square footage that they had, mm-hmm. they're still ahead of the game to buy it. Wow. 2016, Louis Vuitton again bought um, Bajan's old space. You know, Bajan's moved across the street. Yeah. But they bought that space for $122 million. So they now Wait, wait, wait. Space. So Bajan's old spot has been bought by who? LVMH. Do we know what's going to go in we there? We don't know what's going in. It's still in Because I see that space. There, yeah, there, there, something's brewing there. Oh, something's brewing there? Yeah. Well, then in 2018, they were bored, so they bought Celine. The Celine's store, which is like, you could shoot a cannon through there and not hit anybody. <laughs> I don't even know what they're thinking. They paid $110 million for that space. Wow. LVMH owns that space. And then in 2018, they bought the old Brooks Brothers. So LVMH owns that Brooks Brothers space where they've been doing those pop-up art things. That makes sense. $245 million they paid for that space. $11,040 a square foot. Now what are they what are they gonna what are they planning the on very doing? The first Cheval Blanc Hotel, the LVMH Hotel. That's gonna be a hotel? That's gonna be a hotel. And the reason they own Celine is because they're gonna be able to have that corner be by the way, I we might as well have forgotten we're even doing a podcast because William and I are literally just giving I'm information to each other. Jagging. He's like dying over here. <laughs> oh my God. So the reason they bought that Celine store is because now they can build up and they can build on top of Celine because they own it. 
so they can have the the hotel be five stories, whatever vertical, and then go over and build on top of Celine more hotel space. So it's gonna be LVMH Drive. It's called Chevelle Blanc. Well, instead of Rodale Drive, well, it used to be the Marciano Drive. I remember. Yes. Guess needs to go though. They need to go. They yes. own that spot, so That's, as long as they keep selling no, three thousand dollars worth of jeans a month, nobody's buying gas. Nobody's buying gas. Uh-uh. I mean, I think ever since Anna Nicole Smith stopped wearing it. Where is she? Oh, that's right. I'm the tongue of the same Anyway, um, because I'm a bad person. So then, um, looking at sales tax revenue. So last year, mm-hmm. not last year, 2019. I felt like 2020 was kind of a bust. Forget it. Oh, kind of. But 2019. Yeah. Hotel taxes in the city of Beverly Hills brought in forty-four million dollars to the city. Wow. And that's not a lot of hotels. No. I mean, you and I could probably sit here and name. There's probably twelve there's or fifteen not, hotels, yeah, if that. Forty-four million dollars, and in the geographical area of Rodeo Drive, it is a significant amount of sales tax revenue. So it's eight point seven five percent sales tax on Rodeo now, right? Or is it nine and a half? No, it's nine and a half, I think. No. Because I just saw it was eight point seven five, but I think it's now up to nine point five percent sales tax. So that means if somebody buys a Chanel bag for five thousand dollars, they're paying almost five hundred dollars in sales tax revenue. Wow. And I could ship it to my house where there's no Chanel store and save the shipping. You have to ship it out of state. And you have to ship it to a state that doesn't have a Chanel. Right. So if you have a house in like Jackson Hole, Wyoming, mm-hmm. you can ship it there. Mm-hmm. But you can't ship it to Vegas because Vegas has a... Right. Wow. And they're cracking down on all that too. And um, the sales tax revenue for the city of Beverly Hills from Rodeo Drive is about a billion dollars every six months. I am blown away. So really the shopping, the revenue, of, like what we provide for that city mm-hmm. through our hard work and shopping. That's right. We I- are the glue. We are. Drive happens. So that is the history. Now, what I also think that something that's very interesting about is that as the land is being purchased like that, you're right. looking at one of the quotes I saw about it was a brand like Louis Vuitton has been around for 150 years. Right. And they plan to be around for another 150 years. Right. So why not just buy it? Yeah. And you think wow. about it, you're like, wow, because the rents that they're paying and all of that. So it's. It's interesting. So I think there's pros and cons. I think, number one, I think the investment in there makes things bigger and grander and more beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I also think it becomes less interesting because now you've got not a single independent store on Rodeo Drive. That's Everything true. is a corporate shop. That's true. There is no Fred Heyman. There is no, not even a Max Field or anyone that's got no. like a unique point of view. It's all just big American and European brands, mostly European. Yeah. And if you walk into any of those stores... You'd never know you were in Beverly Hills. You could be in any store in the world because it's all the same. That's true. So I think that part's a little painful. Now, George Armani's closed mm-hmm. to remodel. Right. And they're going to redo that entire I'm space. curious to see what they're going to do. I am too. I am too. I think they're going to do something great, though. They, I hope it's something different, though. I think it's going to be different. I I think the fantasy is that they might knock that whole thing down and build, like, a mega store like they did in New York and have an Emporio shop there and a, do a whole thing with it. But right now, they're in the old Escada space. Look at us talking shop like that. Oh, they're in the old Escada shop in the hotel, then? Yeah. Oh. In the corner. And Escada moved to Brighton across from you because they're, looking for, a, cause they're um. looking for a space on Rodeo. I'm like, okay. Well, Escada was bought by an American man who lives in Beverly Hills. And he used to go in and like walk in the store all the time and say, we're going to move you and we're going to... Oh. Right? Okay. Who knew? Okay. Who knew? So Rodeo Drive is an interesting study in real estate and it's an interesting study in fashion. Yeah. And it's also an interesting study in community. Like in what a town looks like. And I think that... You know, to go there and be there and and have the cachet of all of the those stores together is one thing. Mm-hmm. But I think something that's gonna have to happen soon yeah. is we're gonna have to have unique vision. Yeah. So that when you're on Rodeo Drive, you feel like you're on Rodeo Drive, right? And something not just another luxurious shopping street. Yeah. And that is Rodeo Drive. Wow. All right, now, William, yes, one, tell me. one last thing. Yes, what is it? it what just, is it? It just came to my attention as I'm sitting here schwitzing. I mean, sweating. I cannot <laughs> wait to turn this thing off and turn the air conditioner on. Full and blast. Be, I'm going to be shrieking out of here. Close your eyes. Arctic winds. I'm wearing a tank top. Yes. And I have a pet peeve, and that is, and I don't care how casual the place is, mm-hmm. I may be on the sand 
at a beach right. in Mexico or Australia or something. Or Khan. Or Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Khan for sure. Not Khan for sure. Men, I'm sorry, you don't even know what I'm saying. Men, you're like, and Khan. I'm like, men in tank tops at the table at no. restaurants. It no. is no. so gross to me. No. And when I sit there and I look, and you've got like the armpits and pit hair flying everywhere. Oh. I'm just like, not in my cob salad. No. Right? Now you have, now I'm not coming on to you, but you have a great body, William. Right? Oh, I thank you. Yeah, I you're try. Welcome. Now, but where, where do you find it appropriate for you to wear a tank top or even, even a I've... sleeveless shirt out? And what's the difference between a sleeveless shirt and a tank top for you and your choices? Um, sleeveless is less skin, obviously. Yeah. So sleeveless is okay. But at but dinner? I feel, no, no, no. Well, I, no. No. Mm-mm. I mean, for me, a man's arms may only should be exposed at the gym or at the bar or a, like, I don't know. Now, when you say arms, you mean the pit. I'm talking about armpit. Or are you talking about the whole arm? Because I don't mind a short sleeve shirt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. So exposed arm. shoulder, I guess. Okay, yeah. Yeah. exposed shoulder. Okay. Yeah. Because it's, oh, yeah, man, no. it's just gross. Right. But you know what? I, I'm kind of a traditionalist. I don't love when I see guys in workout clothes after five. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not at the gym, yeah. don't do not do that. Yeah. Wear clothes, people. Right. Wear clothes. Look like you're going somewhere. We need to go out and have a drink and just judge and evaluate. When can we do that? We'll do a spotlight. We are going to do a spotlight. Those that have done the wrong move, style-wise. We're just going to send a little shade to the shade. Right. People. And I'll just roll up on them and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and no, what you wearing? What you wearing? You're going to walk right up to them and be like, dude, what, what you wearing? <laughs> And that's it. All right, listen. Be sure you guys like us. I mean, we like us. Do you yes. like, I like you. Like, you like you have me. to like, subscribe. Like us, subscribe, follow us. And this week, tell one person about this podcast. Just Spread one. the word. Start spreading the word. No, we're not going to do that. But because we can change the world one dress at a time. We can. We can, we can do it. We appreciate you listening. Thank you, you any so much. Any questions, any answers... Slide into the DM. Slide into the DM, and we will DM you back, and we can't wait to see you next time on What What You're Wearing. Wearing.